Serhii Faifura from Ukraine with Daite Volunadi, Free Savchenko. And if you haven't heard by now, that actually has happened. Nadia Savchenko, the Ukrainian pilot illegally imprisoned by Russia, has been freed and she is back home in Ukraine. And you can find out more about that in the hour ahead. Dobry den, dobry večer. Vitaju vas vsih šenovni radiju suhići na radio predaču Naš holas radio Ukrinskoho Korinja. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina, djakuju što rišale prebuče zimnoju me majmo duže zikavi novene na sudnišnji programi i takož čudovu ukrinsku muziku. Hello there and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina, your host. Thank you so much for joining me. We have a great program lined up for you. In addition to news about Nadia Savchenko, we have other news from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine Today, as well as a commentary, a little bit of a more in-depth analysis of what Nadia's return home means for Ukraine. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And it is CanCon time again. That happens about four times a year. So continuing musically with our program, we will bring you Ukrainian-Canadian content. And if you're a regular listener to this program, you know that there's a lot of that. Coming up next is a group from Toronto called Dovira. And this is a fairly new group that does some interesting fusion crossover work and here they are now with an interesting arrangement of a traditional Ukrainian folk song Yichal Kozak Mistom a Kozak rode into town
to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada, which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. The Visnaya Ukrainian Dancers of Nanaimo invite one and all to their annual year-end concert Sunday, June 5th at the Malaspina Theatre on VIU campus with special guests, the dancers of the Latin Society of Nanaimo. Showtime is 2 p.m. Tickets are $10 for ages 12 and up, 5 for children aged 6 to 11, and free for kids 5 and under. Tickets available from Jean at 250-758-1561, the Firehouse Grill in downtown Nanaimo, or on Facebook, Visna Dancers Nanaimo.
You can now hear programs from PCJ Radio while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is a free news and talk mobile app available for your smartphone. Downloading is quick and easy. Just find Stitcher in the App Store. It's free and just takes a few seconds. Then during registration, hit the promo code box and enter PCJ to get automatically entered to win $100. For more information, go to www.pcjmedia.com and click on their Stitcher logo on the right menu. PCJ Radio on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. recent CD that was Dunai and Susitko, the neighbor girl. And prior to them, another group also from Toronto called Zubrivka from their second CD, Vecernitsi, which means evening party, and traditional Ukrainian folk song, Chorini Ochka, Dark Eyes. Now, the latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today. Nadia Savchenko, Ukrainian pilot and a member of parliament who was convicted and imprisoned in Russia, is back on home soil. 
Savchenko, who was illegally detained, charged and sentenced by the Russian court, was exchanged for two Russian citizens convicted in Ukraine. Nadia Savchenko's mother and sister were on hand to greet her at the airport. The Ukrainian pilot's return to Ukraine was welcomed by European and North American officials. Nadia Savchenko spent nearly two years in Russian prison. She was kidnapped by Russian-backed separatist forces in the summer of 2014. The Russian court convicted Savchenko in March of 2016, nearly two years after her kidnapping. Nadia Savchenko, Ukrainian pilot who recently returned to Ukraine after spending two years in Russian prison, says she will do whatever it takes for Ukraine. Savchenko, who became a member of parliament while she was already in custody, addressed the media this morning. During the press conference, the Ukrainian army veteran reiterated her position on helping her country take back the occupied territories of Donbass and Crimea from Russia. One of her top priorities could be reforms in both the defense and judicial areas, since she thinks she knows both of them from the inside. However, Savchenko was humble and added that she needs time to get used to being an MP and is looking forward to her first day on the job. One Ukrainian soldier is dead, six others injured after a night of constant shelling. Ukrainian military reports that Russian-backed separatist forces hit a village of Shirokina last night. The militants apparently used heavy artillery weapons forbidden by Minsk agreements. The village of Novotroitske was also hit by mortar fire from the side of the Russian-backed separatist forces. Grenade launchers were used overnight in the direction of Shastya. Avdivka continues to be one of the hottest points since Russian-backed militants shall the Ukrainian-controlled town non-stop. The area near Holivka in Donetsk region is one of the hardest-hit zones, constantly shelled by the Russian-backed separatist forces. This is also where the Ukrainian army positions are located. And this is where we find Stas Tovban. This, at first glance, ordinary soldier is a legend among his peers. He is an example to follow. Despite anything, he protects his country and doesn't look for any excuses. But Stovban actually had an excuse. This young man was among the Ukrainian troops defending the Donetsk airport during the last week of the battle. He was severely injured when the terminal was blown up by the Russian-backed militants. They dragged me out of the rubble. I remember I wanted to shoot back at the separatists. I lost consciousness. I think I bled through the whole night. Stastovban was taken hostage by the enemy. Although he was eventually freed during an exchange brokered by the Ukrainian government, the soldier doesn't like to talk much about those days. His leg was amputated while he was in the custody of the Russian-backed separatists. But Stas says he got lucky that they didn't cut both legs off. Both my legs were injured at the airport. One was amputated in captivity. Honestly, it's a sin to complain because they were going to cut both legs off, but didn't. Stas got fitted with a prosthetic in the hospital. And in just a month and a half he came back to the front lines. He assures that it is no reason not to continue with his military career. His mother, though, doesn't support his decision to return to the front. I never thought that he would become a soldier, but when he was held hostage and was allowed to phone us, I remember he said that if he returns home, he will eventually return to the army. Stas, though, says a career in the army was always his dream. This is where he found himself, and he isn't willing to give up now. A new OSC patrol base is now open in the town of Shasta in Luhansk region. This base will help the special monitoring mission observers to react to any sort of incidents in a more efficient manner. The OSC representatives say there are talks of arming their monitors, but at the present moment these are only discussions. Dnipro without the Provsk, one of Ukraine's largest cities, is swiftly moving on from its Soviet past. The decommunization process kicked off on Monday. The city workers were hard at work starting right at noon, but some local residents were not happy with the change. Several even called the authorities, asking to protect the old city sign. Patrol police were on scene, but didn't intervene in the process. Although most are celebrating the shorter non-USSR name of Dnipro, the city is still technically Dnipropetrovsk, because the Ukrainian parliament has yet to vote on the approval of the name change. A museum for all of the taken-down Soviet monuments, the statues and memorabilia that were removed from Cave streets, will now be stored at one of the lots at Juliana International Airport. 
Dmitro Bilocerkivets, with the Kyiv city administration, says since the reminders of the communist era were not damaged, it's only right to keep them in a museum-style facility. Therefore, Bilocerkivets says Kyiv residents should follow by example of Poland and the Baltics, where the Soviet-era monuments were moved to museums to educate people about the communist regime. Cleaning up and restoring forests across Ukraine. A public initiative is taking off in the western parts of the country. Thousands of new trees are being planted by activists and even journalists near the Carpathian Mountains. It's no surprise that the activists chose exactly this forest since two months ago it was being cut down harshly. Though no one was caught red-handed, the suspicious felling finished following the panic caused by locals. They cut down live trees. It seems as if a whole piece of land underwent clearing. We cannot confirm if it is a criminal scheme unless there is strict proof. Our task now is to fix the situation and check if new trees are to be planted. Our public council work intensely to provide the full-scale inventory of such areas that lie close to the forest boundaries. You know, those not having the general plan try to enlarge the village's territory by cutting away the forest. The chief forester says they do a legal job. Trees are cut off on a massive scale only when they are sick. New trees for sure are planted instead. If there are damaged plants, 60% of them are subject to clean felling to avoid propagation. To check out if there is illegal felling in this forestry, the activists initiated environmental and military prosecutor inspection. Their conclusions are still to come. A romantic site to visit. Open-air museum in the city of Dnipro is a destination for those already in love and the ones hoping to be. All the exhibits here are dedicated to romance. Non-sculptures created by up-and-coming artists from across Ukraine. The stone here should have been from Crimea, but since Russia is currently occupying the peninsula, the sculptors had to find the supplies elsewhere. The museum staff say the art here will most certainly inspire people to find out more about culture and history. A team of inventors from Ukraine has claimed victory at a NASA competition. The Ukrainians got the People's Choice Award for their Mars Hopper project. The Mars Hopper is essentially a plane that uses dry ice as a source of fuel. The ice is abundant on the Red Planet, therefore the plane refuels itself during landing, changing ice to gas. The Mars Hopper got its name from the way it moves by hopping around the surface. Graduates at one of Kharkiv's high schools will not have a typical prom this year. Instead of spending money on a lavish party with fancy dresses and limos, the students will donate the funds to help children suffering from heart disease. The grade 11 students are following a three-year tradition at their school. The principal there says it's crucial for young people to understand that there are more important things in life than expensive clothes. The money doesn't really come from the kids, it comes from the parents. That's why we don't just go to the kids directly, but also talk to the parents and explain to them how important it is to donate to a good cause. The graduates say they still plan to hold a small quiet party wearing regular clothes. There are going to be plenty of holidays ahead. When we saw the kids that are sick, well, we feel sorry for them and thoughts about buying a dress don't really come to your mind at that point. To save a life is much more important. This year there will be 36 graduates at the school. To date, they raised about 7,000 US dollars. But they say the amount will keep growing up until graduation day, since a lot of other students and parents are donating to the cause as well. A staple in the Ukrainian cuisine. Vareniki, otherwise known as the pierogies in the Western world, are front and center this weekend in the city of Priluke, located in Chernihiv region of Ukraine. This is where a festival that showcases the dumplings in all their glory takes place every year. One of the biggest streets in Priluke turns into Vareniki Boulevard during the time of the event. The festival is not only about the food, music, dance and even plays are also a vital part of this annual tradition. However, tasting Vareniki is why most people come here. This national Ukrainian dish comes in a variety of flavors, from savory, filled with cottage cheese and potatoes, to sweet, fillings of cherries and apples. Preluke Mayer says Vareniki here are truly special. They're delicious. Cheese, mushrooms, potatoes, whatever the flavor. They're tasty because they're made with love. One of the highlights of the event is the Vareniki eating contest. Each contestant has to eat 10 dumplings in record time. 
This year's winner says she didn't expect to win, but was happy to enjoy a great meal. Organizers say no one was left hungry after the festival. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. Вислухайте радіопередачу Наш Голос Радіо Українського Коріння на багатомовній радіостанції AM1320 у місті Ванкувері. При мікрофоні Павліна. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on AM1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina.
Canadian Bandudas Capella, another group from Toronto, and that was a beloved Ukrainian patriotic song, Oi Uluzi Chervana Kalena, and that is a song about the Gilder Rose Tree, or the High Bush Cranberry, otherwise known as Ukraine's national tree, unofficially, I think, uh, the Kalena. Coming up next, we'll take it away from Toronto, and we'll go to Winnipeg now, and this is a group called High Profile, a very popular and prolific Ukrainian polka band that sets Winnipeg on fire every now and again, actually quite frequently. They do a lot of live gigs. Here they are from their second CD called Tribute to Ukrainian Heritage. Pardon me, it's their third CD. And uh, this song is called Oi Chorna, Yasa Chorna, I Am a Dark-Eyed Beauty. feature courtesy Ukraine Today, Ukraine's first English-language TV and news channel. The following is one of a series of features exploring pressing issues in today's Ukraine. My name is Vladimir Solohub. Just last week, a jury trial in the Russian court in Chechnya found two Ukrainian citizens, Mr. Kapuk and Kalich, guilty. And this is the most recent case of sentencing Ukrainian citizens in Russia on politically motivated charges. Join me now to discuss 
The most recent developments in these cases is the coordinator of Let My People Go campaign, Ms. Maria Tomak. Mr. Mark, welcome back to Ukraine today. Hello. So, Mr. Mark, um, apart from the most famous case of Nadia Savchenko, which everybody is uh, most likely following, there is a number of other Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian citizens who are being tried in Russia and who have been found guilty uh, in Russia on politically motivated cases, uh, grounds. So, can you tell us what is the latest on that? Uh, I can say that uh, partly these Ukrainian citizens are situated in Russian Federation, but some of them are in the occupied Crimea. And all of those people who are in Russian Federation, they actually got their sentences, uh, almost all of them. I mean, all of them, but in Karpuk and Klich's case, we, um, at the moment, we have no idea about the uh, number of years which will they get uh, by, uh, by the judge. Uh, but uh, as of those who are in Crimea, uh, they are now on this, all of these cases are now on the stage of uh, pre-trail uh, investigation. And one of the cases, which is uh, the so-called um, Muslims case, Crimean Muslims case, uh, it's now transferred to uh, Russian court in Rostov-Andon, where, by the way, uh, Sensov and Kolchenko, famous political prisoners, uh, were also judged. Uh, so uh, now this uh, case uh, is in the court, but uh, those um, Crimean Tatars who are charged of being terrorists they are situated now in Simferopol in the pretrial detention te- uh, center and the connection between the court and the, um, those who are accused of being terrorists is by video conference. Mr. Mark, well, this, this case of um, uh, Mr. Uh, Karpukin-Klich was also uh, quite famous. Uh, first of all, um, the Russian um, uh, prosecutor tried to involve uh, the former Ukrainian prime minister, uh, Mr. Yatsenyuk, as uh, one of the co-defendants. Uh, secondly, they're accused of participating in the Chechen war back in the 90s. And um, there was a, a number of threats to the relatives of these of these prisoners so what what is happening with this case because um there were reports uh just last week that um the 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 threats to the relatives they continued is this the case um, I wouldn't say that uh, this case is famous, unfortunately. Uh, Savchenko case is famous, uh, Sinsov case is comparatively famous, but, but this one is not, unfortunately. Although I would say that probably this case is the most brutal. Uh, because of, first of all, because of uh, uh, the, the, the case is totally falsified, it's just made up. And uh, the second reason is because of the level of the human rights violations against Ukrainian citizens which they faced, uh, starting with awful tortures, inhuman degrading treatment, and uh, uh, they were not uh, led to see Ukrainian consular for more than half a year, for example. And um, the, there are lots of uh, the violations. Um, and um, there is no... Th- at the moment, uh, I cannot see the threats for the relatives uh, because they are not there. Um, uh, the relatives which were uh, witnessing in the court, they back, got back to Ukraine uh, safely, thanks to Ukrainian consular in Rostov-Andon. Uh, but still, there is a, uh, there is a threat for uh, Karpiuk and Klich themselves. Uh, because uh, we all understand that Chechnya is not the safest place, even even in Russia. Um, and um, of course, the, the second uh, thing, which is very important, is that Klich, Stanislav Klich, uh, he has the uh, mental uh, problems with his mental health uh, because of all those tortures which were used against him. He was tortured for more than two months. Just imagine that, with all kind of tortures which you can imagine, starting with uh, electric current electrical current and uh, uh, even medicines were used against against him. Was this all being done to get the confession out of them? Yes, exactly. To get the confession against themselves, against each other, against uh, such persons as you mentioned, like Yatsenyuk. It's not only Yatsenyuk, but other uh, Ukrainian political um, persons who are famous as politicians are also in this case. Mr. Mark, if we're talking generally about all these cases, the fact that uh, they were found guilty, similarly as with Savchenko, this is a good development for, 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 for the Ukrainians because um, only after the, uh, the, 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 court fi- the Russian court 
found guilty the possible negotiations of the release or extradition or exchange could 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 begin is that the case uh, actually we were hoping in this case since we're dealing here with the jury we were hoping that this jury will be independent and that they will take the independent decision uh, but they did not uh, probably we uh, we, uh, we um, think that probably they were threatened uh, that there were some uh, attempts to influence them and probably they were successful uh, actually so um, it, it is actually the only case where uh, we went, managed to get the jury so that's why we were hoping that's why we were dealing very closely with the evidence uh, gathering the evidences and we looked for those who can confirm the alibi of Karpuk and Klich but that was not very successful I would say but still uh, now we, we as for me it's the only a way which uh, which is the most um, uh, the right way is to hold the negotiations between Ukrainian and Russian sides and to get them back via the political uh, political negotiations. So, can we talk a little bit about that, Mr. Mark? Uh, now that the uh, the cases in the first in in the court of first instance have been have been decided, have been resolved. Uh, apart from uh, Karpuk and Klich, where the the exact sentencing is still pending, is has has something been started on the Ukrainian side? Have the negotiations been initiated between Ukrainian government and the government of Russia to get these people back? Uh, this is something which we try now to uh, deliver this idea to Ukrainian officials because there is no uh, one coordination center which would help the negotiations about all of Ukrainian prisoners in Russian Federation and Crimea. Uh, unfortunately, it's not right because, of course, there is a Ukrainian Ministry of Foreign Affairs which do lots of things regarding this um, helping uh, these Ukrainian citizens, but still uh, there is no one center which would help these negotiations. And that's why, uh, for example, recently we um, got to know that uh, Afanasyev, Yunadi Afanasyev from the so-called Sinsov group and Yuri Soloshenko, um, 73 years old uh, spy, um, he, they were uh, transferred from their colonies uh, to Moscow, to uh, Lefortovo. It's the pretrial detention center of FSB. Uh, so, and uh, the problem is that we have no idea what is going on there, why they were transferred there, whether there are any political agreements that they will be transferred to Ukraine, that they will be exchanged to someone here in Ukraine. So, are you, uh, Mr. Wang, are you saying that right now uh, various Ukrainian government agencies are dealing with it? this or nobody's doing anything? Uh, as it often happens in Ukraine, everyone is doing something, but there is no coordination. And what is most important, there is no the person who is responsible for something. Nobody wants to take the responsibility because it's the serious case. It's the people's life. It's a very high political price of all these people. It's not even those who are held by the so-called LPR and DPR. It's more serious so that's why it's very it's the question who will be responsible for that uh, we would like to, to do that but we have no access to those who can be exchanged and transferred to Russia unfortunately it's not our case but if somebody needs our help we're ready to to, to assist but what, what, what kind of um, what kind of actions you would expect from the Ukraine government except for uh, establishing this one coordination center for exchange of, of prisoners or uh, release of, of, of prisoners what what they have to do because uh, in order to exchange, Ukraine needs to offer something to Russia. And apart from the two special FSB officers, Ukraine doesn't seem to have anyone high profile. I'm not sure that we don't have. Probably we have someone else. Uh, the case of GRU officers is the most famous, but I'm sure that I'm sure that we have someone else uh, in Ukrainian uh, prisons or cells or pretrial detention centers who might be interesting for Russia. But I, I, I have no um, concrete information on that. But apart from these negotiations, the center should or the person responsible for that. I, I don't claim that that should be a formal. It, it can be non-formal uh, center. So uh, that person or, or center sh should take care of uh, all of those people who are held in Crimea.
since Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, they say that they are not responsible so much for Crimea, because of course Crimea is Ukraine. So uh, they cannot provide the consular uh, assistance and um, uh, to, to support these people. Uh, I mean, the relatives, for example, of Crimean Tatars, and not only Crimean Tatars, were held uh, in captivity, uh, basically in Crimea. So they need the simple uh, attention from the side of Ukraine. It's a very simple thing, but they don't feel it. Nobody is, is uh, your cares. initiative doing something to convey this message to the Ukrainian government? And if so, who are you talking to? Who are you convincing to set up this coordination center? And who are you offering to take up this job? Uh, we are offering to different uh, people in uh, different um, institutions. Uh, I'm not sure that I can say that because it's, I mean, it's not the official meetings, but we uh, are passing these signals, uh, thanks to also to media and like, like, yeah, like you, thank you for that. Uh, so uh, it's just a very simple thing, but that should be done. And uh, um, uh, now the, all the support, for example, to Crimea and those who, held, who are held in Crimea, Crimea goes from the civil society representatives, but but that is not enough. If Ukrainian government claims that Crimea is Ukraine, that means that we have to pass the signal that Crimea is Ukraine and all of those who are illegally detained in Crimea should be supported by uh, Ukrainian government and by the president himself uh, through he, his representatives. What about the prisoners in Russia? Who, in your opinion, should take charge in that? Uh, Ukrainian uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs is taking charge of that. And uh, I wouldn't say that they don't do their job. I would say that they do. But now is the moment, as you said, we have all the sentences. So now the moment where very concrete negotiations should start and very concrete person should be, or the institution or whatever, should be responsible for that. Well, it looks like some uh, very complex issue here. Mr. Mark, many thanks for finding the time to come and talk to us and um, shed some light on this very delicate issue. We were discussing the fate of Ukrainian political prisoners in Russia as well as in Crimea with the coordinator of Let My People Go campaign, Ms. Maria Tomak. This has been a special feature courtesy Ukraine Today. Три 
Отведу ки на ліг, отведу ки на право, гуляє коза кисія. Отведу ки на ліг, отведу ки на право, гуляє коза кисія. Отведу ки на ліг, отведу ки на право, гуляє коза кисія. And Tutti Tom from Saskatchewan from their most recent album that was Kozatska Vasilia, The Kozak's Wedding. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. This Friday, enjoy a pierogi supper at the Holy Trinity Ukrainian Orthodox Auditorium, 154 East 10th Avenue in Vancouver, from 5 till 8 p.m. For details, call Holy Trinity Ukrainian Orthodox Parish at 604-274-8030 or visit uocvancouver.com. On Wednesdays, catch Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasting live from Nanaimo to north and central Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and in the greater Vancouver listening area. Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY Radio Malaspina, 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. Channel 8 Omni airs two Ukrainian-language TV shows in the Vancouver viewing area, Kontakt TV Sundays at 7 a.m., with repeats Tuesdays at 9 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 a.m., and Forum TV Sundays at 8 a.m., with repeats on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 12 noon. And at 6 p.m. on Saturday evenings, flip your radio dial right back here to AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com. And join me for another hour of fun on Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio. In between broadcasts, make sure to follow Nasholus and me on Facebook and Twitter. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds and more, visit our website at www.nasholus.com. from Montreal and Oyupoli Dvadubke, two oak trees in the field. For the very best in Ukrainian programming, tune into Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio in Vancouver every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on AM 1320 CHMB and streaming at am1320.com. Live in Nanaimo Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on CHLY 101.7 FM and online at chly.ca and elsewhere in the world on the PCJ Radio Network on AM, FM, and Shortwave Radio. In between broadcasts, you can find us online at www.nasholos.com, where you can get links to podcast feeds of all three editions of the show. As well, make sure to follow Nash Holos on Twitter, and please like our Facebook page, and check out the blog. Mudroste. 
Для правди справедливости колестики мусят дорогу вичинете. And our proverb of the week translates as sooner or later a path must be made for truth and justice. Well, that about wraps it up for another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio to take us to the end of our program. One more CanCon song, and this is from Romko from Edmonton and Canada's National Kolomeka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.